I'm Marianne Kolbesak McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with Ian Cohen, who is CEO of Locker, about privacy concerns involving geolocation data tracking, data brokers, and related issues. So, Ian, I understand that your firm recently examined thousands of websites, including hospital and healthcare websites. What did you find in terms of trackers, code, and other embedded features on those sites that might be sharing individuals' private information with third parties? A little context here. So why don't I quickly review what those are? So First, there was a class action lawsuit against Meta for using their Pixel to track data that the suit alleges violates HIPAA. And there's also a California Consumer Privacy Act finding in there too. The second lawsuit was completely related. The same class sued UCSF Indignity Health for placing the Pixel on a hospital website which unfortunately for the hospitals, they often don't realize what they're doing and the implications of it. So these two lawsuits sparked a lot of other downstream effects. And at Locker, what we've been doing is scanning about a quarter million websites for the last nine to 12 months. So we already had a huge store of data. So when we saw this lawsuit come out, we decided to dive into the issue and really look at, first of all, how widespread is the problem? So the lawsuit that you know that was filed cited 600 other hospitals had the Facebook pixel. We actually found it's over 2,500 hospitals. And we went across all the other trackers too, including TikTok and LinkedIn. And so, so that was the first two. Then a third lawsuit happened on the heels of the first two. And that one was against Oracle. They are the largest registered data broker in the world and they hold about 5 billion consumer records. And again, this is still a pending lawsuit. We don't have all the facts on it, but essentially it's a similar issue where their pixel is tracking data that consumers don't know and haven't authorized. So the combination of all this, it's the culmination of online advertising meeting healthcare or more sensitive areas, and the two just don't mix well. We can see everything that happens in the browser. So when you go to a a site like your hospital's website, let's call it Hospital X, what happens is most of the stuff loading into your browser is coming not necessarily from the hospital website, but from third parties. We all use cloud software now. So we all use an email client. We uh, companies use Google Analytics. They use, you know, good services, HubSpot, Tableau. They use all these services. They also use trackers. So these load directly into your browser, meaning the hospital can't even see it a lot of the time. So that's the root of the problem. And I won't go too deep into that, except for to lay the groundwork of, we can see what happens that actually gets loaded into the customer's browser. And that's what these lawsuits are about. So when you're booking a hotel room, for example, the service that runs the form might also use a third party. And that's a, that's a fourth party now. And that service might use another bunch of third parties and those are fifth parties and so on and so on. So the the chain of the growth and area of surface exposed keeps growing. And when you're talking about something like a site that wants to target you for sportswear, it's less sensitive. But when you have these same issues happening on financial services websites or certainly medical websites, all of a sudden the 
implications become much more real. So what we found is we looked across 5,400 hospitals and a little under 4,000 financial services companies. And we found that the crux of the suit was the Facebook pixel, the Metapixel tracking medical data. And we found that the exact number here is 47% of the healthcare sites that we examined had the Facebook pixel, the same one that the lawsuit was about on it. In addition to that, 21% had LinkedIn, 11% had Twitter, 4% had TikTok, and 12% had the Oracle pixel. So the problem is super widespread, and it's very, very difficult for the hospitals to actually see what's going on, let alone control it. The lawsuit is alleging that these social media companies are able to grab medical data, and that's absolutely true. So how does that happen? Okay, so you go to your hospital website, and again, we look at very specific hospitals, but I don't want to implicate them here. You go to Hospital X, and you search for brain tumor. And then you end up with a bunch of search results, and you click on the first one. Maybe it's a glioblastoma. You end up on another page, and that page might have a request an appointment or a screening. And on that page, you might type in contraindications to whatever symptoms you have for another disease. Let's just say you want to schedule an HIV test. All these points are to, to make the point. Of, when you type all that into the search box on the, the hospital website, and when you click on the link to schedule an appointment, who knows that? And the answer is a lot of people, <laughs> unfortunately. And in the case of what we're setting, when I say 46% of these sites had the Metapix on there, that means that a couple things. First of all, any tracking pixel on that page at least is going to know your IP address, your session history, but everything I just said. You think you're talking just to your, your hospital. You're not. You're talking to all these other trackers. And worse, if you're logged into Facebook, if you have an account on Facebook or you have an account on TikTok and those pixels are on the site, they then know everything about your social graph and can then tie in, if they actually know my name, they now know Ian Cohen, the CEO of Locker, um, just went and searched on brain cancer or whatever else is going on. And that's just not okay. So the issue is that trust is contextual and conditional. So for example, you trust Amazon to deliver your packages on time. You trust Amazon to run you know, Amazon Prime very well. Not everyone's going to choose to trust them with their medical data. Same thing with the sports you know, website. You might want the sports website to remember your favorite sports, your favorite players. You trust them with that, but you don't trust them with your prescription history. But for web technology, these trackers don't distinguish between these nuances. So for the companies, now let's talk about the companies. Once again, they don't necessarily, and in most cases, like with hospitals, they don't know what's actually going on, you know, with these trackers. They may have placed the Facebook pixel on the site or whatever other social media pixel to create good community. It may have been a very innocent or well-intentioned thing, or they may have done an awareness campaign or even an advertising campaign at some point. So they left these pixels, these trackers on their site, and these trackers use other trackers, and those trackers use other trackers. So if you could see the picture actually visualized, it's stunning. And if you were a patient that actually saw 
where all this data was going in your session, all of a sudden you would care a lot more than I think most people do. So I think that the last point I want to make on this is that getting sued is bad. Getting fined by GDPR, the European Data Privacy Standard, is bad. And in the EU, they're a couple of years ahead of us, but that's really not the issue. The issue is you've you know, taken years and years and years to build up a reputation with your patients or your customers, and you can lose it very quickly. And these giant breaches, which a lot of this can lead to, to a lot more than a privacy fine, this can lead to the front page of the Wall Street Journal kind of uh, issues, like we saw with Ticketmaster or British Airways or Equifax. And then you saw what happened to their stock price. And so, yeah, I mean, the issue is the issue's pretty pervasive. And it's a difficult issue to solve, as I said, because we all use cloud software. And, well, Akamai estimates that about 70% of the code loading into your browser is coming from people you don't know. So, Ian, with that all said, healthcare entities, for instance, may not be aware that this is going on. You know, maybe they've decided to use Facebook Pixel to help with their own marketing or communication. If once an entity decides, okay, we're going to use Pixel, does that mean, okay, now Pandora's out of the box there? There's nothing else you can do in terms of preventing this cascading list of different parties that this data might go to? Is it all or nothing? You either use it or you don't use it. If you don't use it, maybe you won't have this issue. But if you do use it, you're going to have these issues. And what can the patients do? Cookies, you're not accepting cookies. Anything that they can do to prevent their data from being misused? Let me start with the patients. So I use all kinds of advanced blocking you know, software on my browser. For the average patient out there, there isn't a ton they can do except decide, vote with your wallet or vote with your choices. The reason Locker decided to target companies is because the issue is so complex. And so I'll answer the second part of your question. For patients though, um, absolutely. When you get a cookie consent form, don't just blast through it. So again, we're talking about pixels here. None of that would be covered in the cookie consent policies. That's one of the shortfalls of all of this. You know, cookie consent management is barely the tip of the iceberg, as we're seeing in these lawsuits. The word cookies doesn't come up very much. But the cookie is a way to track you. It's being retired. But definitely, when you see a privacy policy, take the extra 15 seconds to just accept the required cookies and nothing else. For the company, it's not all or nothing. Some companies do a very good job now, and it's it's new, but they do a very good job of if somebody wants to put a pixel on a website, they make a business owner stand behind that and do all the research. And so there's a couple things. One, only track what you need. That's always the best rule for any data that you're going to get on your customers. And time and time again, we've seen these front page breaches and the company just wasn't paying attention. So just don't track what you don't need and retire these pixels. So part of the problem is these pixels snowball. Somebody puts it on the site, they forget about it, and you have 10 more people at a big company that put pixels on the site. And that's where you end up with these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trackers that are interconnected. So retire the pixels, retire the tags that you drop on a site. So number one, only track what you need. Number two, retire them. Number three, I'm not trying to plug locker. You need some kind of tool that can see what this stuff you've got on your site is actually doing to the end user. You've got to monitor the software you're putting on your site. You have to monitor what that's doing to the end user. 
when they load your site into their browser. If you're not doing that, you're missing more than half the problem. So however you do that, you need to do that. It's definitely not all or nothing. One more item, absolutely positively 100% essential. Don't put these kinds of trackers behind your login pages. If you're asking your patient to log in, or if you're asking as a bank, banks are, are have been working with this for much longer. Behind login pages or any page that's gathering sensitive data or talking about sensitive issues, don't put tracking pixels on those pages. And social media companies are trackers. The implications here beyond just, gee, this is annoying, are much more serious. So with those four pieces of advice, what you're really trying to do is one, avoid mage cart style attacks. These are skimmers that you know, we're behind the Ticketmaster and the British Airways breach. This happens where I'm talking about on the browser side. Number two, the scammers that want to scam you. If they know where you just went, they know where you just shopped, they know where you live. The more they know about you, the more likely it is that they'll be successful. Phishing emails. Phishing and ransomware has taken over as the number one problem. It's outpaced zero-day exploits and every other kind of attack. And the reason they're so successful is... And you can look at the stats on this. If I know your name, that will get me a click, say, 20% of the time. And if you click on the you know, phishing link, you're, you're hooked. But if I know that you just shopped on Amazon, or I know exactly what you're interested in, what medical conditions you have, it's going to be a lot easier for me to, to fish you. Identity thieves, same thing. And last but not least is nation states. So... It sounds conspiratorial, but it's really not. And we've seen a lot of this. But when you think about, let's say, the TikTok pixel on a site, I mean, where does that data go? Where does it rest? Who can see it? So again, I don't want to over overblow the issue with just TikTok because their problem's pervasive. But I think it's incumbent on companies to just raise the standard of care for their customers' privacy to avoid these major issues. And again, it's it's very simple. You know, don't don't track what you don't need. Make sure you retire the pixels. Absolutely make sure they're not sitting behind login pages and keep an owner on them at all times. And finally, Ian, any other top data privacy concern that you have that we haven't already touched upon? I think that when you look in financial services, the problem is just as pervasive. The difference is financial services has been dealing with a whole different set of laws other than HIPAA for many years now. But yes, I'd like to discuss when all this data gets gathered, it's not just TikTok and it's not just Facebook. It's not just these groups that are getting it. When you actually look at where all the data is going on a site, you see just dozens and dozens of trackers that are much less well-known. And there are lots of businesses out there, smaller data brokers, hundreds of them that are trying to make a living off your data. And so all this data ends up getting caught in their nets. So when you're out there giving data to Facebook or, you know, Google or whoever, you might choose to take that risk. Just remember that this data is ending up somewhere and getting sold to somebody and triangulated with a whole bunch of other data. And so a lot of times these data brokers are able to predict more about you than most of your family members could. So I think there really has to be just tighter regulation because the problem here is that the data brokers are gathering data and we're seeing what the effects are now on these hospital websites. There aren't laws sufficient right now to govern what happens to all this data like there are in say financial services where for a long time you've had PCI, 
a series of credit laws around the FCRA and how the data can be used, can it be used in decisioning. And we really just have to up our game nationally and at state level in terms of what's allowed, what's acceptable. Because consumer choice here isn't really a choice at all. If you go to a cookie consent policy on a lot of sites, if they give you the full list of cookies the way they do in the EU, there's hundreds of them. And even with all the tools I have at my disposal, and I'm faced with a yes, no question on hundreds of rows, one, that's just a very onerous duty to put on a consumer. And two, how in the world are you supposed to know whether or not this cookie is good or bad and where the data is sending it? And it's just unacceptable. So the, the burden really has to be on the company and it has to be on the regulators just to pass common sense legislation here. You could go into any other category that you find an area you want to protect, like schools or gaming websites that your kids go to. Again, are you saying that my kid is supposed to understand how to click all these different consent buttons? And even if he or she does so, still probably isn't protected. So I, I just think the, the problem and the burden really has to fall on companies. And I hope companies use this as an opportunity to be the best at protecting their customers' privacy. And I could go on uh, about a hundred other problems, but I think that's really the, the crux of it. It's time to fix the, the issues that we're seeing in these lawsuits. Well, thank you, Ian. I've been speaking with Ian Cohen. I'm Marianne Kolbesek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for joining us.